strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! The weather forecast says the skies are cloudy. A little chilly out there, a little bit. But the Cardinals offseason, Ron Wolfley is clearing up, (laughs) is heating up. Good for you and your thin blood. Don't tell me you're from Buffalo. You always are wearing a jacket when it's under 78 degrees. Paulie, once a Buffalo boy, always a Buffalo boy. You can turn off the fog lights on your F-150 because the roster is now coming into focus. You can see ahead where the Cardinals are going. You can see where they have landed. Oh, wait a minute. There was a stop for a cornerback <laughs> earlier today. There was some out tight end news cleared up as well. A little draft clarification as well. And how about this week in general? Ron Wolfley, you definitely have not been as productive as the Arizona Cardinals this week as they have addressed multiple spots. We'll get into it. It's not just the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. It is show number 500 oh. in the history of... Of the Big Red Rage, Wolf. Well, you know what, Paulie? It only seems very momentous that show number 500 would have as much news as the Arizona Cardinals have today. I could not believe it, Paul. The news that just kept coming down about the Arizona Cardinals. And here we are, show number 500. We talked about clearing up, heating up. We even have a backup quarterback, potentially, in the news. So. Up and down, uh, there's the Indy 500, and then there's the 500th episode of the Big Red Rage, and uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to go down memory lane. We're going to revisit some of the all-time great moments in the history of this show, Sweet. which goes almost two decades now. Think about that. And and then we're going to talk about what's front burner. And, Wolf, uh, you tell me, when they sign Malcolm Butler – that obviously filled the biggest hole that was left at this point in the offseason. Malcolm Butler, come on down, a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, Paul, it's so interesting because right now, I don't know if you're reading the tea leaves of all of these signings and these moves that Steve Keim and the Arizona Cardinals have made so far, but one thing screams out to me in almost all of these signings, Paulie, and that is there's going to be a change of culture inside that locker room. There's going to be a lot more physicality. When you talk about Malcolm Butler, you talk about him just as a corner, Paulie. Start talking about him being a physical 
press man corner or a guy that's going to be physical and be able to hold up in cover two schemes where you've got that roll-up corner and any type of play, any type of perimeter play that comes towards that number two corner, that that uh, cover two corner, he's got to force everything inside. You need a physical corner to do that right now. Top end speed, going to be a little bit suspect with Malcolm Butler, but this is a guy that gets it done via savvy and just being smarter than you are. It's starting with J.J. Watt, the physicality, the energy, the intensity. A Rodney Hudson, who is a mauler at the center position. Yes. They added a Brian Winters. Yes. I mean, the, the dude is pulling F-350s, you know, uh, world strongman competition type stuff. How about, you know, purposely going after and re-signing Marcus Golden? Right, junkyard dog. You're right, Wolf. There is a pattern here. Darrell Daniels bringing him back as that second tight end, that move tight end, more blocker than receiver. Uh, They're not just building a team. They're building a culture. I agree with you. And we'll get into what Malcolm Butler does for the Arizona Cardinals next. The Big Red Rage, show number 500. The ball is at the Patriot one. The quarterback, Wilson, is in the shotgun formation. Lynch will flank into his left. Two wide to the near side, one to the far. In the shotgun, there's the snap. It's belt high. Quick throw. It's intercepted at the goal line. It's intercepted by Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is intercepted Russell Wilson at the goal line. 20 seconds left. Butler does an unbelievable job getting inside, and I'm surprised that Russell Wilson threw it here. Butler read the play perfectly, went behind the pick, and ran right to where the slant was going to be thrown. Beast Mode was surprised that Russell Wilson threw that ball right there. That's how Super Bowl 49 ended at State Farm Stadium, and that was just the beginning of the career of Malcolm Butler, who, if you remember, was an undrafted rookie that season out of West Alabama. Mm. <laughs> and he's making Paul. a Super Bowl-clinching interception to win for the Patriots with the Seahawks at the goal line. Wolf, I was at, at that game. I was in auxiliary media. You're never. It's never good when you're on auxiliary media seating. I was a good three rows from the st- top of the stadium, and it happened uh, right in front of me, uh, although I had my binoculars watching it from that point. And you've never seen a fan base so distraught. It's one thing to lose a game at the end. It's another thing to lose a Super Bowl. On the, at the very end on the final play and there you go Malcolm Butler and that's the play of his career so far after a one year with uh, Tennessee signs on the line that is dotted today and he is the newest Arizona Cardinals not just cornerback but he's going to be your number one corner going into this season no doubt about it Paulie you know what's so fascinating about this is Malcolm Butler once again this guy is a tough tough dude he's a tough corner he's a pretty big corner when you think of 5'11 190 Paulie that's a pretty good size for a cornerback right there. And once again, tough, a guy that is an alpha male. The the locker room, the testosterone that is going to be floating around the Arizona Cardinals locker room this year in 2021 is so impressive. It's unbelievable. 
This guy is a man's man, a man's corner, if you will, Paulie. Very, very physical guy. Once again, doesn't have the top-end speed that maybe he once possessed. He's got average speed right now, I think, when you consider the totality of his position. But he gets so much of it done based on knowing scheme, knowing route combinations, anticipation, knowing where to be. This is a very, very smart football player. And of all the guys, and I I said this, Paulie, before this signing right here. I said this. I said of all the corners that are out there right now and are available, the one guy that I'm interested in is Malcolm Butler. Well, guess what? Maybe you spoke it into existence because speaking of before this signing, here's Steve Keim on Monday, the Arizona Cardinals GM, answering a question about the Cardinals' corner situation at that moment. You know, every team has holes, and the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to panic uh, and do things that are uh, put you in a tough situation from a cap standpoint. So uh, we'll continue to monitor the market. Uh, There's different avenues that we can take, whether it's through free agency, trade options, or even the NFL draft. Look, the supply was out there. It was a matter of waiting. What would come to him? And if you believe the reports, he signed a one-year deal, Malcolm Butler, with the Cardinals, worth a maximum of $6 million, a base of $3.5 million, according to multiple reports. So Tennessee let him go. He, he had a cap number of $14.2 million. And you can- <laughs> So as much as they might have wanted to keep him, yes. it just wasn't feasible under their cap. Yeah, Paul. Hence, he was a free agent. Man, that is a great point, Paul. It really is because we know the salary cap pinch, of course, that is happening with every NFL team. And when you've got a guy that may not be a shutdown corner, and I wouldn't call Malcolm Butler a shutdown corner at this point in his career. I don't think Malcolm Butler would call himself a shutdown corner at 31 years of age right now. I don't think he'd do that, Paulie. But when you're paying somebody like that $14 million and you can save over $10 million on the cap the way that the Tennessee Titans did. Yeah, in this climate right now, you could see that coming. I want to say one thing about this, Paulie. Last year, a bit of a bounce back year for Malcolm Butler in terms of getting his hands on a lot of footballs. I, I, I think it's so important when you look at cornerbacks, how many passes defense does a corner have, Paulie? And you would think of Pat P. When Pat P. came into the league, right, his first three years in the league, would you say that Pat P. was really an exciting, developing corner? Oh, and, oh right, Paul? Yeah, a oh, lot yeah. I mean, of his rookie year. Obviously, he wasn't Pat P, the Pro Bowler at right. corner. But yeah, after that rookie year, uh, absolutely, he was the shutdown guy. The first three years, teams are going to test that corner, test that corner, test that corner, and suddenly Pat P, by year four, he had proven he's one of the best shutdown corners in the game, and he didn't get tested a lot. But the first three years, he had 13 passes defense. That tells me a lot. He was targeted. He's a rookie. Go after him. You know what? 13 times. Got his hands on a football. Knocked it down. His second year in the league, 16 times, Paul. Knocked it down. His third year in the league, another 13 times. Got his hands on a football. Knocked it down. And then it just drops off the table from that point forward. Why? Because so many teams were not targeting Pat P, right? Malcolm Butler is going to get targeted. Nobody's going to look at Malcolm Butler and say, oh, he's a shutdown corner. Don't throw it over there. They're going to do it. They're going to throw it over there. He had 14 passes defense last year, Paul. This is a guy who may not physically be a supreme talent anymore, but this is a guy that will get it done with his brain. I'll take that all day. And he has ball skills. Uh, He had four interceptions last year. He tweeted out today, quote, I balled at the age of 30 
I think I can ball harder at 31. And then after the news broke, he tweeted out, can't, can't wait to wear that red. Talking about signing with the Cardinals. And he's a guy with a dozen playoff games worth of postseason experience under his belt, Ron Wolfley. So not going to be surprised. Yep, he's got that going for him. And your point earlier about him being physical, 100 tackles last year? Yes, Paul. Between Robert Alford and Malcolm Butler, and we know Byron Murphy will put his hat on you. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty physical group of corners. Just another guy that will stick his face into the fire. Darren Urban next on show number 500 in the Big Red Rage. You're flying solo tonight, but it doesn't mean you don't have big news to announce Bertrand Berry. Yeah, I just want to, uh, I wanted to make this night special. Um, I wanted to do it here on this show. This show is very special to me. I've done this show for five years with two great co-hosts and a producer that uh, has been great, and they've made this show um, spectacular. They've made it uh, part of my life, and I'm very thankful for that. And I just wanted to do um, these guys the honor and letting them know and go publicly that um, I've played my last game of professional football. I'm retiring. For real? Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The official announcement right here on the Big Red Rage with Bertrand Berry calling it a career after 12 glorious seasons in the NFL. And yes, that is deserving of a standing ovation. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Of that circa 2009, it is show number 500 in the history of the Big Red Rage, a show that started circa 2001. That year, Ron Wolfley, Pat Tillman was a guest Man. on the Big Red Rage. Think about that. Man. Think think about some of the hosts over the years, Bertrand Berry, five years, Kwame Lassiter, Dexter Jackson, Anquan Bolden, uh, Adrian Wilson, Kerry Rhodes, Calais Campbell, obviously had a great run. Carlos Dansby was tons of fun. DJ Humphreys most recently has been uh, so dynamic in so many ways. And tonight, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford. We're talking about the Cardinals news this week, today, and looking back over the last two decades. Polly, I just listened to that right there and tear up and knowing what a great guy and how much I love Bertrand Berry, right? And I know you feel exactly the same way, knowing how much he loved the game. I, I'm tearing up right here listening to that all over. And then you hit me with Pat Tillman. I mean, what are you doing, Paul? I still have the uh, still have the jersey. Remember, you presented us with autographed jerseys that night yes. uh, to to commemorate his retirement. It was it, it, it was a big deal, and uh, you know he he put his best into this show every Thursday night, and we've tried to do the same. Led by producer Jim Omohundro, and uh, to talk about that and to look at the news from today, let's bring in Darren Urban, azcardinals.com, Cardinals Insider. It's all about you. Presented by Santan Ford. And Gilbert and uh, Darren, you know, whether whether it was Larry packing the house in a big red rage and telling us about some of the contacts in his phone from Tiger Woods to President Obama to Warren Buffett to Buffett. to guys like to Pat Tillman and to even Max Hall. Max Hall even had an appearance on the big red rage. So uh, it's been a little bit of everything over the last 20 years. I remember uh, when I was working for a newspaper and going over to uh, Jilly's and seeing uh, Anquan Bolden and <laughs> Kwame Lass. I mean, it's it's amazing the staying power of the show. And uh, and I do I remember Bertrand's night. I, I may or may not have been tipped off that the news was coming. And I had a I was actually playing in a adult basketball league, and I actually was sitting in my car 
waiting for him to officially announce it so I could post it to the site before I went in and played basketball. But uh, it's really been an amazing run. You guys have done a great job with it. And uh, uh, here's to another 500 shows. Hey, there was that one time at Jilly's was the final year of Dennis Green, and Cardinals were off to a tough start. I think they were 1-7, and seven, and Bertrand Berry made some very pointed direct comments on the Big Red Rage, comments that went national. I remember that, going back to that venue. And then there was national news today. Darren, uh, Malcolm Butler is an Arizona Cardinal. Give us your reaction and thoughts after uh, writing about it on azcardinals.com. I'll be honest. I I'm a little surprised with Malcolm Butler's price tag. It's he's a little bit more affordable than I thought he was going to be. That's why I didn't think he would necessarily be somebody that the Cardinals were going to be able to target. And quite frankly, um, you know, is, is he still in his prime? Probably not. But I do think that they did a nice job to kind of rebound off of losing Patrick Peterson and bringing in a guy that uh, you figure will probably be able to be your number one cornerback. Uh, for the time being, obviously only a one-year deal, and and you get him in there, and I, I think everybody kind of breathes a little bit more of a sigh of relief. I think you can work with the situation better now going forward, and and they may not be done at cornerback. They might get another veteran in here, but um, to you, if you know you've got Butler there, then all of a sudden you, you've got a lot more leeway in terms of what you might get out of Robert Alford. You've got Byron Murphy in the slot. I mean, there's still things to do. There's still a draft to go, but uh, I think you're in a much better place right now than you were 24 hours ago. You know, I look at the cornerback position overall, and I am really, really encouraged right now because I get to to leave Byron Murphy, of course, in the slot. I think that's important. I think you need that third corner, of course. That nickel corner now is more of a starter. They look at him as a starter. He gets so many snaps in a game. And to to be able to leave Byron Murphy there and have Robert Alford on one side and Malcolm Butler on another, um, hopefully, 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 Robert Alford is going to remain healthy. Oh, my goodness. If that will only happen right now, this is a guy that I'm so impressed with, his skill set. I I love everything about him. And by the way, when he was in training camp and he was practicing, he was there was nobody that was having a better camp, in my opinion, than Robert Alford before he got hurt. And now all of a sudden, two years in a row, it's been a disaster. I understand that. But if there's somehow, some way he can actually play and hold down a corner, and now with Malcolm Butler, who knows, you might be able to get somebody at number 16, D. I would imagine they're looking at some of these young corners at number 16 going into the draft, right? You know, you would think so, but you know, the issue is going to be whether one of those guys is still around at 16, or in Farley's case, whether he's healthy enough that you want to take that, that gamble, because I, I, don't, I don't know at this point if Horn or Sertan is going to be there, uh, and and it, 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 you, you could get a guy in the second round. Uh, obviously, dealing Mason Cole gets you another draft pick, so you've got a little bit more leeway there, although that's a sixth rounder. Um, you know, again, you've got, you've got whatever it is, a month before the draft happens. It's a lot of time between not only being able mm-hmm. to draft guys, but also sign other free agents. And, you know, we'll see. I agree with you on Alford. It'd be nice if he could, if he's able to get back to where he was. But, I mean, even that, that great training camp you're talking about, Wolf, I mean, we're, we're going to be talking about, Two years removed from that by the time they get back to training camp this time, so we'll have to see. I know. Darren Urban, Cardinals insider on the Big Red Rage. Uh, Someone pointed out his pro football focus coverage grade, Malcolm Butner, 72.7 would have led all Cardinals defensive backs. Think about that. Think about the fact Tennessee was at the bottom of the league in sacks, and the Cardinals were number four in sacks. How much does that help 
a DB, a corner, right, come up better and, and look better on film when you have that pass rush, and the, the Cardinals look to have fortified that. How about the other uh, side of the ball, Darren, and, and what the Cardinals did this week and, and recently here, the offensive line today. Let's just start with a trade of Mason Cole to the Vikings for a six-rounder. I mean, clearly, once they got Rodney Hudson in their own trade, um, they had a glut of offensive linemen, and with as few picks as they had with all the trades that they had made, it made sense to, to move Mason Cole. I think they had given him uh, ample time to kind of show what he was going to give them. It wasn't there. Uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to get a draft pick for him, so the fact that they did even a sixth, I, I thought that was a good move by Steve Kime because he, he just wasn't going to be in your plans. Uh, and he's going into the last year of his contract. So I, I think that's a benefit. Now they've got six draft picks instead of just five, and granted four of them are in those last three rounds, but um, you can hopefully make some of that work, and, and, and who knows, maybe it gives you some ammunition to do and, some other things. And you save some money, right, by jettisoning Mason Cole? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the cap space. I mean, I, I think I mean it's, not, it's never bad to, to save a little money, but the cap space that they're saving – uh, and once you once you figure in him going out and then somebody replacing him uh, in the top fifty one things, it's a, it's about one point three one point four million dollars in cap space. But we've talked about this a million times, Paul. I mean, you, you need as much cap space as you can get at this point, and so that can only help. And I, and I do think if the if the what's out there with what Malcolm Butler's contract is, which was up to six million, which means it's it's worth less than that in terms of guarantees. I, I think you got him on a pretty good deal. And also, too, right, just the fact that Brian Winters and Max Garcia are back right there. I, I saw Mason Cole as a guy that might battle for that right guard position, but maybe a guy that was going to back up, be a move guy, a guy that can play center and guard, of course. And maybe right now it's Brian Winters and Max Garcia that will cover that, correct? That's, well, that's what makes sense to me. And, and ultimately... Uh, if you go into training camp with a bunch of extra guys, you're going to be trying to trade them at some point for a pick when you realize somebody's not going to make the team. And then by that time, teams can could possibly wait you out because they know you're going to cut them. So I, I think being uh, proactive and getting an extra draft pick in this draft makes a lot of sense. A little bit later in this show, Ron Wolfley, uh, as is the custom on Thursday nights, will have an update on Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, he's just waiting to the very end of the show, making us wait. Uh, what do we know here, Darren? I, I saw where uh, Bobby Mack had tweeted out that uh, Fitz had been part of the Cardinals' active roster on the website, of which you're very familiar. Now he's not listed. He's now below the active roster line. I mean... In the words of that noted American philosopher Stephen Colbert, you know what that means? Probably something, or not. What do you think? You know, you know, Paul. I know since you're such a purveyor of conspiracy theories about fit, since we've been covering this on our podcast every week. But yeah, I got a uh, new one, by the way. Go ahead. Oh no. Sometimes, sometimes that person on the website is trying to get 25 or 28 guys. Uh, and change up their little drop-down menu so that they switch on the first day of of uh, the league year, and sometimes you miss one person, and sometimes that might just happen to be Larry Fitzgerald. So sometimes it's it's just a uh, user error, and it means absolutely nothing. So I'm glad you gave me a chance to clear that up. That's so good. that's okay. your statement on Larry Fitzgerald right there. Absolutely nothing. Is that what you're saying, Dave? 
I mean, ultimately, Wolf, I mean, and I've, I've heard you on the radio in the mornings. I, it's funny that they were trying to get you to text them the other day because I'm not. <laughs> somebody said that after one of the national reporters texted them. They said, how come you're not texting them? I'm like, for what? For him to <laughs> reply and say, I haven't made a decision. I, I'm, I want to save my text to Larry Fitzgerald when I could actually get something out of it uh, and, and actually have a conversation. And I don't want to you know, lean on him. And, and quite frankly, he's, he's, he's a smart enough guy. He's not the guy who's going to be giving people stuff on the side, but he's just not. So what's the point? I mean, I think at this point, we're just all going to have to wait it out. And I, I do think there's probably a, a small part of him that kind of enjoys everybody wondering what he's going to do. I, I think Larry's that kind of See, guy. I, that's okay. he's, he's I totally that. disagree. That. I totally disagree. What you're making him sound like he's Brett Favre. I mean, I just, listen, I will tell you guys this right here. Um, I did text him. There's no doubt about that. And I, I, I was like, Larry, I, I promise you, we'll just, we'll never ask you anything about it. We'll turn it into a bit where we're asking you everything except the question that everyone wants answered. Are you going to retire? I said, we'll turn it into a bit. We'll do it funny, right? And he texted back and didn't even acknowledge anything that I had said. He just said, I hope you and the family are doing well. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's that me. One time I texted him after he, we, I was at the combine and he had just redone his contract. And I said, Hey, congratulations on your new contract. I'm wondering if you might be willing to give me a comment. <laughs> and he texted back and he goes, my comment is that I love you, Darren, but not because I work with you or anything, but because we happen to share the same birthday. That's what he there texted it is. back. So. Yep, beautiful. Well, I know you want to know, Well, So my theory last week was because Fitz was snowboarding, he was done. He, because that violates his contract. You, thou shalt not snowboard in the offseason. So if you're snow, and then it was pointed out to me, well, he's not currently under contract, so he's not beholden or prohibited <laughs> from snowboarding. So my one this week was is along the lines, and Darren knows this, is why all of a sudden did NFL Films put out that ancient reel of Larry Fitzgerald as a ball boy for the Minnesota Vikings? And then shortly thereafter, his good bud and golfing pal, Patrick Peterson, signed with the Vikings. So my latest theory is, wait a minute. Oh, no. Is this all in anticipation of Larry finishing his career in Minnesota, in his hometown, <laughs> going right back to where he used to run drills after practice with Chris Carter and Randy Moss? And to that, you say what, Darren? <laughs> I'm going to say the same thing to you I said on the podcast, which is, you know, I'm enjoying your conspiracy theories, and it's going to, I guess, continue, but uh, you're a crazy man. <laughs> no, you know what, honestly, okay, speaking of crazy men right here, what do you think of Colt McCoy actually being scheduled mm. to actually come in and make a visit with the Arizona Cardinals? I, I have to admit, I, I was struck by Colt McCoy at 34 years of age as a possible backup to Kyler Murray. It's an interesting name. Um, I, I do think that they've been on the search for a veteran quarterback uh, since free agency opened. So uh, it doesn't surprise me, given some of the names that are already off the board, that you're looking at it. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that turns out. But it's always nice to have some kind of veteran. I mean, he's been in the league for long enough that you would think he'd be good in the quarterback room next to Kyler Murray and kind of, you know, telling him some things that a veteran quarterback can. I don't I don't think that that would hurt the situation at all in terms of the development of Kyler Murray. I wonder, with the Cardinals playing the Giants last year and Colt McCoy seeing action when Danny Dimes went down, if all that film they looked at on Colt McCoy getting ready for that Giants road trip, if they saw something they liked 
And they said, you know what? This guy, and let's face it, if Colt McCoy would have been in the game, guys, in week 17, what do you think? I mean, so uh, I, I think maybe there's cause and effect there a little bit, and uh, we'll see according to the report. He might be an Arizona Cardinal by next week. So, Darren, appreciate the time. Thanks, Derb. And uh, entertaining our conspiracy theories. And so uh, <laughs> there'll be one next week hot off the uh, front burner for you. That is Darren Urban, All About You, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Love we'll his cont- fact-checking, Paul. <laughs> we'll continue with another Big Red Rage flashback, and we'll get into what's next for the Cardinals this offseason on the Big Red Rage. The Hail Mary by Green Bay was topped by the Hail Larry by the Arizona Cardinals. I think we need to hear it, everyone. Well, come on. Well, you know, in University of Phoenix Stadium, Larry, Larry, Larry. <laughs> As we get the official intro, Larry Levin, Larry Fitzgerald. The big voice guy, Larry Barnett, took over right there. And uh, Jim Barnett and Larry Fitzgerald was our special guest, Calais Campbell. That wolf, as you remember, the Red Sea invaded Marley's Chandler Fashion Center, the parking lot. Uh, Tim Hovick himself actually got <laughs> government approval from the city of Chandler to put it in the parking lot, and the Red Sea, five, six, seven thousand fans strong, most definitely put the big into big red rage before the 2015 NFC Championship game. As we continue to go down memory lane here on the Big Red Rage show number 500, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We'll leave it up to Timmy to actually pull that off, right, Paul? <laughs> and I tell you, you know, there's so many moments that. You think about just snapshots. I, I think about being up on that stage with a rookie named Tyron Matthew, Ooh. and Tyron taking us through mm. his youth and his upbringing, his dismissal from LSU, and you could hear a pin drop. I mean, the crowd was absolutely silent, yes. riveted to every word he said. Uh, Wolf, remember it was September 2008, and Anquan Bolden got knocked out literally in the end zone at the new york jets yes i remember bully his jaw was broken broke his jaw yep two weeks later he's on the big red rage and his his mouth is wired shut he had just got out of the weight room and he played that week it was like two weeks he missed and he was back i mean don't get me started on the quad you know once i get well once i go down that road paul i'll never never stop all right. Well, here's one for you then. We'll kick it to him and Bertrand Barry. And if you remember one of the bigger personalities, wasn't one of the bigger players of the bigger names, Robert Tate. He was known as top five. At any moment, he would give you a top five list, his opinion, top five, any category, like top five pizza places in the world. Like he'd have it ready. And and so here's Bertrand and Anquan talking about Robert Tate, who was known as a bit of a uh, businessman on the side. When you have a nickname, Top 5, you automatically set yourself up for all kind of ribbon. You know what I mean? And, and he, he calls himself one of the Top 5 dressers. He calls himself Top 5 and it actually has boxers with Top 5 fits. <laughs> He's Look, taking his nickname to the next wait, level. Wait, wait, wait. Top we, 5 we call, clothing. We called Robert Tate the locker room hustler. Here's a guy. He rents uh, out his moped. Rents the family van. After Thanksgiving, they have the blowout sale. Robert Tate is at Walmart, 4 o'clock in the morning, to buy a $1,200 plasma TV. Buys about four of them, 
comes to the locker room and try to sell him to the teammate for about two, three thousand dollars. <laughs> this, this is your boy. This is top five. Hey, who's buying the TVs from Tate and who's renting the moped? That's what I want to. Does he get any business? He, he does. JJ Aronson was a guy who bought a couple plasmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just that's uh, getting it done, Pauly, right there. Hey, do you I, remember Clark Higgins? Oh my goodness! Okay, Clark Higgins. Do you remember Paulie when we actually talked to him about you know the 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 trips? And <laughs> he was not a very fancy dresser. Remember that? And he actually said he brought a T-shirt. He brought a T-shirt, Paul, and a toothbrush. And a toothbrush. <laughs> I do remember that. It reminded me of a guy who played with Steve Everett, who used to be a center with the Cleveland Browns. Steve Everett. We called him Spawny. He he once played a game with bo- uh, two broken hands. He was a center, by the way, at Michigan. Um. A guy that just was incredible, had hair down to his butt, Polly. And Steve Everett was just crazy. The same thing, the guy showed up on a road trip where he had shorts on and a toothbrush was actually stuck in his pocket, and that was it. There, there were shows, and once again, this is show number 500 in the history of the Big Red Rage, and, and there were shows where I think I hey, suffered a rib injury. I was laughing so hard. Clark <laughs> Higgins was one of them. Uh, Larry Foote was another one, talking about all the old man jokes he got from the rookies, and he would tell the rookies in the locker room, yeah, but I might have dated your mom, so you better back <laughs> off. <laughs> Stuff right. like that. Just the trash talking that was going on. I remember Adrian, right? Adrian Wilson, A-Dub, ladies and gentlemen, talking about Jiffy Cornbread. Remember that? <laughs> Jiffy. And I had never heard of Jiffy. He was absolutely, he was perplexed that I had never heard of that. And then Rex had not, a starting guard at the time came on. And when the Jiffy story came up, he was like ready to pound me. Like he was offended that I never heard of Jiffy. You know, I mean, I I, uh, I was looking for uh, an exit route at that point. It, then there was the one where we had Dominique Rogers Cromarty, DRC. Yes. Unique guy in so many ways. Love DRC. And we got word about, um, well, he was a bit of a cook in a very unusual way. And uh, we, we asked him to tell us about that story. One of his favorite dishes. Dominique, did you happen to bring an iron with you? Tell everyone what you do with an iron and bologna. <laughs> That's how I make my bologna sandwiches. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. Tell us how. Take the iron. I press down on the meat. And then I put it on my bread and eat it. <laughs> Now, was that just in college, or you still do that to this day? I still do that to this day. Oh, no. (laughs) Nice. Nice. How do your shirts not smell like bologna? (laughs) (laughs) I got two different ads. (laughs) He buys an iron ball to actually flatten his bologna. He's, I don't know about you, Wolf, in your 10 years in NFL locker rooms, I've never, ever seen a guy with an iron. In his locker, other than Dominique Rogers Cromartie, and that was the tell. That was the tip. I'm like, DRC, one day I'm in the locker room. What, what's the deal with the iron in your locker? And that's the story we got out of What's so incredible about that, too, Polly, is just the fact that have you ever had a fried bologna sandwich? Because they are good. I mean, they are really, really good all fried bologna sandwich, Paul. And, and, and to think of, of using an iron <laughs> to warm the thing up, obviously, I'm sure he washed it in between, right? I'm sure the RC did not. Hey, sometimes you got to get, that's the only way to get through college, Wolf, right? You know, that's I mean, right, Paul. I mean, you know, that's a, and then there were hey, shows. As long as you could play press man the way DRC right. could, right. who cares about your iron?
those were all-time shows. And then we had shows, and this happened more than once, where we had Kurt Warner on. And, and Wolf, you, you didn't get five words in, and that's saying something. So, you know, you basically had the night off. And we had Kurt Warner on, and we're like, well, this guy's going network. And he did. He did go network. And so, uh, you know, we, we've had a whole variety uh, of guests over the years on the Big Red Ring. Two words, Paul, you're going to hear from Kurt Warner. Old Greybeard. And here they are. And so... <laughs> and so. Right. And right. so and he will continue to yes. roll with the yes. and so. Yeah. By the way, one footnote on Clark Higgins, he also revealed that night that he dressed up as Spider-Man for Halloween and was jumping through his neighbor's <laughs> backyards and got the cops called on him. We continue with show number 500 on the Big Red Rage. Clark. The Cardinals are trading for Raiders Pro Bowl center Rodney Hudson. I assume the Cardinals wanted him and uh, it wasn't officially released so they snooped in there and said hey before he gets the open market before we have to is there any way we can trade for this nice move by the cardinals cardinals are moving seismic shift is what the owner of the cardinals said a week or two ago about the salary cap they're making their team better over there you got to respect it around kyler and cliff kingsbury it's the pat mcafee show as yes the cardinals made national headlines with that trade for rodney hudson sending the third rounder to the raiders getting a a seventh rounder and Rodney Hudson in return a trade that according to Steve Kime took quote a matter of minutes he said he was quote shocked to see that Rodney Hudson was about to part ways with the Raiders and instead of trying to contend with all everyone else out there if he got released he picked up the phone and called Mike Mayock and boom that's the essence of a deal here on the Big Red Rage the 500th edition of the Big Red Rage and and the Cardinals hey they're checking a lot of boxes so far this offseason season are they not Ron Wolfley yeah Paulie they really are right now and uh, once again their offensive line I'm really excited about the offensive line in the direction of the offensive line Paulie because I think it speaks volumes as to how the Arizona Cardinals are going to go about their business in 2021 the fact that they got Rodney Hudson for two more years Paulie at nine and a half and ten and a half you're talking about a Pro Bowl center right now a guy that is an unquestioned leader in that locker room a guy that is going to be a Great mentor for Kyler Murray. I, I am just absolutely stunned. That is Steve Kimes opus. His magnum opus, we know what that is, the D-hop trade. No doubt about that. But his opus, Steve Kimes opus, has got to be the Rodney Hudson deal. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's allowed... T- 10 sacks in 10 years. Think about that. A guy who hasn't had a false start since 2016. <laughs> when you had four at that position alone last year. Robotic, so, Paul. So they're obviously looking forward to that. They identified that as a need. They filled that and maybe exceeded expectations with a Rodney Hudson. And then we got news this week that he's going to have a new line mate. We figure at right guard, although he'll get competition from another guy who they inked as well, Brian Winters and Max Gar. Garcia here, Steve Kahn, the GM on those two. The addition of Brian Winters excites me. He's a guy that uh, I've watched for years, dating back to Kent State. When he came out, a really physical player, uh, smart, really good quickness in a short area, and I think he does a great job in pass protection. So uh, he's a guy that certainly will have a chance to compete, and uh, as well as uh, signing back Max Garcia, who can play guard or center for us. 
And hey, Max Garcia played in 14 games for the Cardinals a year ago. But Brian Winterswolf, an eight-year veteran, he has yeah. 88 starts under his belt. He, he started all three playoff games for the Bills last year. What do you think this does for the Cardinals line? Well, it brings an awful lot of experience to the Arizona Cardinals offensive line, and it brings a lot of physicality as well, Paulie. I, I would say when you think of Brian Winters, the one thing I think of first is not only how smart he is and experienced he is, but just the fact that he's a very physical player, and there is a there is a theme that is running through this locker room, and all of the moves, most of all the moves, the Arizona Cardinals have made in Steve Kime, and it is all about the physicality. This team is going to be much more physical, I believe, on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball going forward. It's a mentality they've got to foster. It's a mentality they've got to cultivate, and so much of that has got to do with the type of guy you bring into the locker room. Polly, you bring these guys in and dogs are dogs man and you bring them into a locker room they start barking so do you think this is a tell do you think this is an indication that it's going to be a different offense this year i think uh, so Polly. i do I, I think it's going to we're going to see more traditional elements offensively I, I believe that mixed with the new of course listen you don't want to handcuff cliff kingsbury you don't want to do that you want to use all that creativity all of that intellect you want to bring that to bear but i think especially with the tampa bay buccaneers paulie winning the super bowl and winning it the way that they did by lining up and pounding the football once again right and tom brady throwing the ball using seven man play actions throwing the ball down the field the bash and bomb offense with a little more underneath throws and across the middle throws with Tom Brady. Listen, you know what a copycat league this league is, and now all of a sudden you're going to get a lot more traditional elements, I think, a blending of the old and the new. I can't wait to see it, frankly, because I think it's going to be cool. And I agree with you, but at at the same time, you know, these are guys who excel in pass blocking as well. We know Justin Pugh, that's his forte. He took the haircut. He went down to $4 million. He tweeted that out. He took a salary reduction. Okay, Rodney Hudson, we cited his pass pro stats. Brian Winters, Steve Keim, he cited that as part of the scouting report on Brian Winters. He excels in pass blocking. Kelvin Beecham, you'd say, you know what, That probably he's probably a better pass blocker perhaps than run blocker. Hey, so play action is a great way to go, yep. Polly. Play action is a great way to go, and that's where I think they're going to develop this offense. Not the RPO as much, but play action. Well, Kyler Murray asked for it, at least uh, via a couple of cryptic tweets, right? So uh, there you go. In fact, he did go ahead and text Rodney Hudson, his new center, right away after the trade was completed. We finish up the 500th edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Jack in the Box, explain that for our radio listeners at home. It was something that me and Carlos Dance we came up with. We kind of took we kind of took Jared Allen's celebration, mixed it with my YouTube, but uh, we kind of we kind of combined okay. the two and came up with the Jack in the Box. Bertrand Berry in the background with the musical sounds and the sound effects right there. Adrian Wilson explaining the celebration. And, man, that was a moment going back 
500 shows worth of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. You know, I remember, too, is, is Adrian Wilson was a guest so many times, Bertrand Berry and so forth. But then when A-Dub hosted in 2010, Wolf, and I yeah. think you were the one who asked him, well, A-Dub, why'd you do this? A lot of people you know, didn't expect you really to host the show. And he said, I know. He said, that's why I did it. That's why. Because everyone said I, I couldn't do it or I wouldn't exactly. do it. Exactly. And he, he hit it out of the park. He was excellent. You know, he, it, just, it shows a little personality of Adrian Wilson, does it not, Polly? The gas man right there, <laughs> just knowing the player that he was and the way that he used to blow up players. I loved watching A-Dub play the game. He was so physical, such a physical, physical presence. And not a shock to actually hear him say that. You know what? I did it because people didn't think I could. <laughs> you know who else? Good. You know who else was excellent when he put on the headset? Darnell Dockett. Oh, yeah. They, Doc, yeah Doc was he, when he wanted to be, he was money behind the mic. And you know, right down to him insulting Paulie Pencilneck, saying, I play guard and tackle in high school, guard the Gatorade bucket and tackle anyone who gets near it. He ripped me in front of the crowd on that one. But Doc was really good when he wanted to be in yeah, front of the crowd. absolutely, Paulie. I also loved it when Carlos Dansby, right? Carlos Dansby, yes. when I just loved his personality. You talk about, about a guy that was a savant on the football field, but you brought up Anquan Bolden earlier, and Anquan Bolden, Bolden, the regard and the respect that I have in my heart for this guy. I love this guy because of the player that he was on the field. A guy that was more of a linebacker than he was a wide receiver. Had that linebacker mentality. And he was so funny. He ripped everybody. As you know, Paul, you got <laughs> ripped all the time by the quad. Oh and all God. I can remember is, hey, 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 hey. Right? I mean, that was... I was at quad. He would say, hey! And all yeah. of a sudden, here comes a rip, man. You were about ready to get ripped by Anquan Bolden, a legend. I remember hosting one of his charity events, and uh, he still has the most bling per square inch on a watch he was wearing. It was like a hubcap <laughs> with diamonds. It was unbelievable. I mean, uh, it's like so- every now and then, Paul, the watch that Larry gave you, of course. He'll <laughs> no. wear that every other road no. trip or something like that. The big, huge piece okay. of metal that could actually be a personal safety okay. device. Lie detector just went off. I stepped into that one. Uh, right down to the pre-Super Bowl 43 edition with Clydesdales and the Hallis Trophy. Man, what a pleasure it has been to host Big Red Rage. Special thanks to Jim Omohundro, the executive producer, for making it all happen, and Cody Fincher. That'll do it for the Big Red Rage. Number one, Kyler You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.